calling out the myths, misinformation, and BS in the wellness industry. This is the Big Mouth Pharmacist Podcast. Here's your host, holistic pharmacist, supplement expert, Big Mouth, Dr. Neil Smoller. Broadcasting from the most famous small town in the world, Woodstock, New York, it is the podcast holds the curtain back on the natural products industry, addressing the BS and trying to get you a dose of truth here. I'm with Dana today. Hi, Dana. Hi. We are live and direct because coronavirus is taking over the world and it just doesn't make sense to talk about anything except for coronavirus. I'm so tired of talking about coronavirus. (laughs) (laughs) That's been my entire focus. You can see the change in my Facebook feed. It's just all good information and laughs at other people's expense. The meme game is strong. That's what I said in my article this week. It was like, it's incredible the stuff that my favorite part is that black people Twitter, which is a subreddit on yeah. Reddit, uh, they call um, Corona Miss Rona. <laughs> they're like Corona Letitia and like whatever the person's last name is get your ass in the house and stop messing with these white people it's <laughs> it's so funny so they call Miss Rona she'll s- slip right through your mask and it's just great so uh yeah the meme game is really strong I think it's a lot of funny stuff going on but here's really what I think so we've again You've listened to our podcast. Go to our blog, WoodstockVitamins.com. I've got coronavirus live updating. We've got the, you know, slash coronavirus, slash coronavirus, hyphen new. We've just got articles everywhere. They're all linked. And people really are responding to them. And here's my thought is that the news, right? It's just pumping out information. Yes. Right. And people are reading it as they do. And then like letting it rattle around in their heads a little bit too long. And then they're like, well, what the hell can I do? Because, you know, the media is hyping it up. It's going to be horrible. And to be honest with you, I'm not really afraid of the virus itself. I'm afraid of what the virus could do to our healthcare system because it's so intense, the treatment, Mm -hmm. right? Um, You know, it's like 80% of people won't have any side effects or symptoms or, you know, even know that they have it. And it's like people hear that and they go, oh, okay, well, I don't have to worry about it. But the truth is, is that of the 20% that get the symptoms, we have a percentage of those people that require intense hospitalization intensive care, ventilators, and everything like that. Our, I think we have 900,000 hospital beds across this country, and about a third of those are poised to handle like intensive care stays and such. So if you had something where you know people were catching this disease at like the rate of 250,000 a week, which is a very realistic number, we'd be in deep doo-doo. And Mike, that's my biggest concern is that we have to overreact right now. Right now, everybody should be hunkered down. Stop coming into the goddamn pharmacy. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> For two reasons. One, we're stressed out. And that's what we're going to talk about today, the, the life in the pharmacy right now. But two, that's the worst place to be. That's where yeah. the sickest people are. And that's where the most vulnerable people are. So most independent pharmacies that are awesome, they will deliver to you. You can get your medications. You know, if you use any of those other guys, you're probably gonna have to pay for it. But, you know, the idea of you know people are not taking the quarantine seriously they need to get home and stay home i mean it's literally only been like three days of you know restricted stuff and people are like losing their minds i know i can do three days at home standing on my head (laughs) and on top of this uh it's allergy season so hold please while i cough into my elbow I can feel my eyes like swelling shut as we speak. Flonase is not doing its job today. I was actually wondering, should I post our articles this week about allergy 
Symptoms and stuff like that because yeah, so you don't confuse it's the, it. It's the right timing. Yeah, that's probably a good take. I could probably just do that. I just won't be like, you don't have coronavirus. It's allergies and like, yeah. <laughs> give my whole allergy thing. So I think that the reason that everything's resonating from us because I've got a very active Facebook feed. If you're not friends with me on Facebook, be because I'm not only putting silly jokes up, but I'm putting some pretty good advice and it's resonating with people pretty strongly because I'm trying to give people direction. This is what you should be doing. And I feel like, you know, round one, it's like, wash your hands. Don't cough into people's face. That's, you know, basic hygiene stuff. Round two is grab some extra stuff. Don't take 40 rolls of toilet paper, you know, just grab some extra stuff just in case you have to be quarantined from some time. And third is like, now don't leave your house. Social isolation and and self-isolation is very important right now. And we're kind of getting to the point where it's like, all right, take it seriously. um, And don't panic. We're still not in zombie apocalypse land, but you have to take this seriously because our system can't handle it. Mm. So people want this kind of direction. What can I do? And then the other thing that people want is that they want to know if they do something, it's actually going to protect them. This goes back to the idea of the false sense of security and the illusion of control. We can't really control this. So my blog post today, uh, my little Facebook feed was, you know, acceptance. We got to accept what's going on. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. And you can suffer through it and like really beat yourself up and worry. Or you can just be like, this stinks and just start planning, right? Plan for what would happen if, and and just kind of write out your plan, get that baggage off your plate. I, I think that the reason that these take elderberry for flu and zinc lozenges help is because people want one, the secret. They want to know what the answer is and mm-hmm. think that they're smarter than everybody else, right? <laughs> so that has a lot of social value to us. And that spreads really rapidly. But then, you know, people want to know that they can do something to kind of prevent this. And here's the danger in it. And this is why I say that before we get into this other stuff is that um, there's some memo circulating from some herbalist, right? Mm-hmm. And she's saying the mechanism of action of elderberry causes cyto kinds, which are, uh, I, I hate even kind of getting into this because it's so complicated. So cytokines are the part of the immune system that just kind of uh, does a lot of intense stuff, I guess is the easiest way to say it in the in early stages of the immune system. So these things go up in inflammatory situations. So her argument is that cytokines increase and with coronavirus cytokines have tended to increase. And therefore, if you take elderberry while you have coronavirus, you could potentially cause a cytokine storm and then end up dead because of the two things. Right. Well, that, that, that was going in a completely different direction. Cause I had seen, uh, information like, you know, some meme or something about taking elderberry to possibly, uh, avoid contracting the virus. And I was like, that seems like an impossibility. It, of course it is. The, starting back at my advice, nothing works, yeah. right? Nothing works. The drugs that we knew don't work. So I've been very, very reserved to weigh in on anything except by saying nothing works. There's nothing you can do. Stop the nonsense. That's what our last whole podcast was. Mm-hmm. Don't take anything. It doesn't help. I've mentioned elderberry and I've been very clear by saying it works in flu under certain situations. If you have a high dose of elderberry and you have a flu, it can help reduce the duration or severity. People accept that because there's reasonable data around it. But coronavirus isn't the flu. It's something completely different. We don't know what to do. And the same thing I make with my mushroom recommendations. So all of our recommendations have been this kind of like, you know, conservative approach to this whole thing because people still want to do something. 
That being said, this elderberry bit of information, and and even some people are talking about ibuprofen. Ibuprofen can't be taken with coronavirus because it actually exacerbates or makes it worse. And there may be clinical validity to this, but if we start circulating this nonsense, whether these things work or these things don't work, it just makes everything worse. So my, my choice has been to not weigh in at all. I've got the papers. I've got the things that Stanford's talking about and all these different groups about the best evidence around the best treatments right now based on whatever little data we have. I have not mentioned a single one. There's a there's a pill that's super common that has the potential to treat and or prevent it, but we don't know yet. But I haven't said a damn thing because then what happens? Then you're going to have a rush on this drug. We can't we can't order it right now. We can't even get that wow. drug. Yeah. And that drug was a dumb drug. It was just like something <laughs> that people took for a condition that's super common that nobody would want to take and because it has lots of side effects. But now it's completely out of stock because somebody's gotten their hand on this stuff and now everybody's out of it, right? So we've created a national shortage and potentially can't help our patients because we don't have access to this pill now if it becomes the idea that it actually does work. So it's very, and and we don't know for sure that it works. We have no idea if it works. We know that there's some small cases where it's been helpful and here's the situations. That's the best that we have right now. Most of the, most of the stuff that we know is just supportive. Now I would love it if an antiretroviral drug, sort of like an HIV drug or some other antiviral drug worked, that would be excellent. We would be very happy. And then we could say, yes, we have it. And again, those things are going to go instantly out of stock, just like the toilet paper, because every Bob, Tom, Dick, and Harry is going to run out and say, I need a prescription for that because I'm going to die of coronavirus instead of the high risk people being able to take care of whatever they need. Right. So we, I'm intentionally not weighing in on it. So with this elderberry thing, who the hell knows really like who knows what's going on, who even knows how elderberry works? Because even that data, if you look at like, this is the proposed mechanism of action. And it's like, I don't even know if that's accurate because you just took some blood draws from like three people that took some elderberry product. We have really no idea about anything causative here. What I do know is that most people aren't getting elderberry when they buy it. So they're getting diluted products. We've talked about this in our blog article. Elderberry is expensive. It's cheaper to just get whatever other red berry and just throw that in with a little bit of elderberry. And now you've got something that looks like elderberry. They've got products that um, are uh, manipulated and processed too heavily. And there's some that's too dilute. So most people, when they buy elderberry and they're gobbling it down, it does. So what I'm saying is it really won't even matter Mm -hmm. because if you get coronavirus, Stop taking everything. You don't want to take anything <laughs> anyway. So you're going to stop your ibuprofen and using lozenges and all that stuff. And you're going to listen to the trained professionals who know how to treat you and stop all this like uh, nonsense uh, around the, the whole product. So my bigger concern is people getting the wrong information. And this is what's dangerous. This is what I teach my um, fellow pharmacists and I teach people in supplement school is that we have a lot of power and social credibility and we can advise people on things, especially like dudes on podcasts. So to be like, yeah, elderberry's good for this. Like as I've seen a thousand times, I've gotten 40 emails from our different vendors with all of their different <laughs> immune protocols for managing coronavirus. And it's, it's, it's maddening about all these different suggestions that people are, 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 are giving. Like nobody knows. Stop all of the nonsense. And again, if you get it, you're just going to stop it all anyway. So it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. So there's nothing that we can do here to, to, to treat this or prevent 
this from happening. You, you're not in control. You're, the, the virus is in control. And that's why stopping the virus is the best thing that we can do. This is why you need to self-isolate because there's no treatments. And because there's no treatments, when somebody gets hit with it and there's they're high risk, it hits so hard. It chews them up and spits them out. So this idea of uh, we're on like self-isolation, but I'm still going to go to the gym or like I'm glad they finally closed that in New York or mm. I'm going to go out and do an exercise class outside. It's like, stop, just stay home. Stop going to the stupid pharmacy and, you know, and, and even the restaurants and such. Like, that's great that they're doing everything that they're doing, but it's just we have to stay home. We have to take it seriously. That's the only weapon that we have. Yeah, yeah, for real. Um, my other retail job, we close to the public. We're still receiving deliveries and we have an online store, so we're filling those. But I put the sign up in the uh, door window yesterday. And first of all, I was surprised at how many people were walking around. And actually, Sunday was the last day we were open. Yeah. We did so well. Yeah. No one was taking the quarantine seriously. Zero. And the. I would say 60% of the people who came to the door, I told them that if they already do what they wanted, I would get it for them. We could do the transaction through the door and they were fine with that. We made a few sales and you know, the rest of them just kind of left because they wanted to browse. But then the other 40% were disappointed that they couldn't walk around. And one girl even got like visibly angry mm -hmm. and I was, and, and she was like, I'd say late teens. So mm -hmm. I could, understand why she wasn't it's hashtag dramatic or exactly hashtag it's it's extra mm -hmm. and is that what I, it is? yeah i i think so i think i'm using that right yeah but i i was like go home i don't think you understand yeah. how like serious this is so what i want to talk about today is what life in a pharmacy is like during this whole thing because a lot of people are hearing that pharmacies are staying open and all of this stuff and and while everybody else is getting their asses handed to them. Pharmacies are doing really well because everybody's rushing in and buying a bunch of crap and uh, most of it that they don't need. Um, and that brings up a point. Um, my pharmacy is in Woodstock, New York, the most famous small town in the world, as I say every week, right? So we have this steady stream of tourists that are still freaking coming here. And some of them are coming from New York City. And I'm going to start like, I don't know, like it's almost like slut shaming people. It's mm. like, I know where you've been I don't, or I don't know where you've been even, you know, like yeah. I, you, you're in New York and there's a equal number of cases in New York City than there is for the rest of the entire state. Mm -hmm. So because obviously, you know, there's millions of people there and it's pretty much equal to the population yeah, between yeah. The, two, the two pieces. So Westchester, New York City are where this is blowing up. Ulster County only has seven confirmed cases right now. Oh, I would okay. love to keep it that way. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's held for about 24 hours, only increasing slightly. Very nice. But everybody else is they're climbing. You know, they're getting these cases and it's going to hit a point where it's going to hurt. So stay home. Stop trying to get out of the city. If you're going to get out of the city, stay out of the city, right? Take the quarantine seriously. It, does, it doesn't really matter. So in the pharmacy, we have a lot of shenanigans as well. You uh, pointed out that somebody was shocked uh, the way that you were behaving. Uh, the look on her face, yeah. seriously. Uh, it's somebody that's removed from responsibility. So we have not had that same result. So here's what happened in our store. So I'm going to bring on a, f a few of my friends that are mm. all across the country to kind of give their tales about what's going on with this whole thing. In my store, extremely busy. It's like the busiest holiday in the planet, like, cause the holidays are always nuts with orders and stuff because people are going to not be around for a day or two. It's been seriously seven days of that. It's, it's been out of control. I just sprained a muscle in my eye from rolling it so hard. <laughs> just stay home. My God. There's people that are buying things because they believe that the shortages that will happen because of the economy. So they want to buy everything they can. 
So now that's also forcing us to then order two months or three months worth of extra stuff. Right. So that way we can satisfy people's demands as they need. Of course, we have an e-commerce business, so we're nice and happy. Right. That's been busier than record, you know, record breaking numbers. And, and then we do offer delivery. So that helps us and we can kind of keep things moving, but I don't want it to be that way. I want it to be where we can handle, uh, all of the busyness that we have with just three people. So that way we can rotate people out. My goal was I have this supplement school stuff and I have a lot of business stuff. If I stay home and then our people manage it and we have good processes, then if somebody gets sick, I have to tell them all to piss off, right? (laughs) None of them can stay in the store. They don't, we don't want to get somebody sick. We don't want them to be sick there. So then we'd have to bring in a new crew and it would be pretty much just me to, to handle all of that. And, uh, so our, our whole like restriction process happened one day last week. So I was trying to leave. I try to get out of here because I do like 14 hours a day, Monday through Thursday. So on Friday, I'm like, I'm out at 12. I go to the gym and I, I head off. Um, there was a, a, a guy that was not taking all of this as seriously as you should, I, I think. And like, so I, you know, by the end of it, he was like, thank you. You know? So it was, it was like a dumb thing he did, but it wasn't intentionally dumb. It was just like, he didn't, it didn't register for him how serious this whole thing was. So his wife was just traveling from India to New York city as a fever. And I believe he mentioned something about a cough. And I said, sir, you have to get the F out of my store. Like, that's what I just said to him. Like, (laughs) you have to get out of here. He's touching everything. And and he's, and like, once I, I said that, that was enough for him to be like, Whoa, what what the heck is going on? I'm like, love you. And it is probably just strep throat or a cold or something silly, but you can't be here. There are four 70 year olds standing right at the counter and everybody's touching everything. So that was when I decided it's time to lock down. So it was something where it's like, you know, it seemed innocent enough, but this is exactly the problem is that if we, if we don't realize how serious this can be, if we don't check our behaviors, it can get really bad. So I told everybody that was standing there, everybody wash your hands. I escorted him outside. He's like, I need bleach. Do you have any bleach to clean? Do you have any rubbing alcohol? I'm like, you want bleach. If you have anything (laughs) in your house, I took his credit card and I walked across the street to the hardware store, bought him some bleach, brought him back. I said, we'll take care of, you know, ringing you out later. Here's all the stuff that you bought, you know, I didn't mean to be rude. I just want you to make sure that you know that this is serious and, um, and you know, literally call me if there's any problems or if you find anything out, you know? And so then we put a sign at the front door that says, stop, don't walk into this place. If you have a fever, if you know anybody that has a fever. Um, and then inside the front door, we have another sign that says, don't move, don't touch anything, don't move. And so all of our staff are really excellent. They've been coming out to the front counter. We'll shop for you. You know, you're not sick. You're probably healthy, but we'll We'll get stuff for you. And you should see the tourists just do a 180. They're just like, uh, yeah, we're out of here. And oh, I, I, there's, you have had like some new staff over the past few weeks. And the one girl was ready to like take me out at the knees because she didn't that. know me. Yeah. She was, uh, yeah, uh, it was Brianna, I think. She was like jumping on your back, like, yeah. get out of the store with like a, a taser. And, uh, and that's what I told them to do because, you know, originally, like Friday when I came back, I had said, you know, answer the phone, Village Apothecary, Neil recommends that you stay home. Like that's what they were doing. (laughs) So so they were, because people just want to hear me like as the guy, right. Instead of just them saying, yeah, we should stay home. Neil says you should probably stay home. Now it's village apothecary. Don't come in here. Like don't come in. We'll deliver to you. We'll ship it to you. You're not coming in here. And, um, and people are kind of respecting that, but there's, I'm still seeing too many high risk people just walking around like it's no issue. And it, it right now is no issue, but 
I would feel like a failure if somebody in our circle got this stupid thing, yeah. right? I would feel like we have uh, one of our kids is a cystic fibrosis kid. Oh, right? geez. So I've literally told them they're n- not to leave their house and they're really good about it. They're like, hold up, just them, nobody else. And they even have a doctor going to see them to help out um, in case there's any issues with the kid. So because that's somebody that would die from it. And if that kid died from this, I, I don't know, like, I, I don't know what I could do, you know? Yeah. And it's just disgusting. Like, just to think about that it's an inconvenience for a lot of us and like we're frustrated and that's the reason we want to go out and they're not connecting the, the people to the whole thing. So, so the, so that's the dumb stuff that's happened here in the pharmacy. And again, it looks like a bomb went off. There's like no drugs in stock and, and there's baskets, t- you know, cause we use baskets to organize everything. The baskets are stacked to the ceiling. We've got lots of stuff being shipped out, you know, like 50 to 60 packages a day. It's, it's pretty incredible. Um, and then the, the dumb stuff kind of made us want to lock down. And I've been helping my other pharmacist friends by saying, listen, you got to be doing this too. So then um, the good stuff though, is that I, you know, once I kind of like clicked that Italy was burning because they, they couldn't handle it and they didn't do stuff quick enough. I'm like, we need to shut stuff down. So I like contacted our town supervisor, the Sargates town supervisor, the Sargates village mayor. And I'm like, shut stuff down today. Like, mm-hmm. it, like don't wait for the County exec. Don't wait for the governor. They're not saying anything and certainly don't wait for the president. So yeah. it was good because then I, you know, cause we also know a bunch of like the community leaders and I'm like, well, so then what about the kids and the, the meals? So, so basically long story short, we were able to do a fundraiser. We raised like eight or more thousand dollars, which will feed, give about 16,000 meals which is going to be needed because like the food pantry in town is closing. They're like, we can't do it. All of our workers are old. Oh, so, geez. I didn't even think about right. that. So then Emily Sherry is her name and she owns provisions, a restaurant here in Woodstock. She started the table, a nonprofit where they can feed people and it's three days a week. So they have all their normal people. They have kids until the school board gets their act together, which they're doing really fast, which is excellent hmm. to deliver the meals to the kids who need them. Um, but I think that's just five days a week, not even weekends. And then we have all the seniors that would normally get community meals and then we have all the people that would go to the food pantry and then we have anybody else that'll be destitute because of the financial stuff that's going on so if you think about this like what is this doing it's teaching us that our fragmented bullshit way of handling things has got to stop yeah i'm thinking about all of the very wealthy musicians and actors who live in this community and hearing those numbers just now of all the people who need this kind of assistance is really upsetting to me how how could we, how could this small community with so much money in it have so many people in need? Right. That's upsetting. Yep. But that's uh, an aside. Yep. So. And I actually, um, while you were just saying that, besides all of that stuff, I just got an email uh, from somebody who owns a nursing home about the drug that I was just telling you about. Oh, God. Because so now it's hitting the, 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 and this is the danger. Yeah. So now he wants it and, you know, and it's just like, okay, no, 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 this isn't how it's going to work. Yeah. So we have a lot of people that have been really good. So the hardware store owner gave a thousand bucks, you know, yeah. we're like, we'll put a thousand bucks in. He matched it. And one of our patients matched it. So we've gotten a lot of money. We've been, and, but again, so one of the greatest things that came out of this is that I think that, you know, it's really showing that Emily's a leader here, but then all the fragmented stuff's got to stop. Like, the fact that this congregation does this thing and this congregation does this thing and this, you know, it's great that we have that. I really think everything should be directed towards a single place and people should know that that's the system. Mm. Even if that's like the emergency system, if, if, you know, when everything returns to normal and everyone wants to do their own thing, that's fine. But there's a lot of duplication. Doesn't it make sense to just pump everything into one house and then have everybody kind of get 
the, you know, all of their efforts in a single place. So I hope that that happens. And again, this is what I've been encouraging other pharmacists to do. We're a big part of our communities and we need to help out. So, uh, that's been great. One of the things we suggested is having the school buses deliver the foods because they got to go around anyway. Right. So, um, but yeah, and then, you know, offering delivery services and trying to help out people as much as possible is what's kind of going on. So any, any questions for me about uh, the behind the scenes in the pharmacy that you may not know that I can answer and blow the minds of the, the customers and the patients that we have here? Well, not so much the goings on at the pharmacy because I trust you guys to, you know, just be smart about the whole thing. But maybe now that things have ramped up, you know, the last time, our last episode, we told everyone how to avoid things. But now, like, is there any new protocol aside from you know, washing your hands and sort of staying home. Like if, if you start to feel ill, Mm -hmm. what do you think the next step is? So here's where I'm at with everybody. So it's self isolation and force yourself to really like stay away from people. The next thing is to kind of do that whole STD phone list thing. So I've got herpes. You should get yourself tested, right? Remember right. those calls? Yes. Anybody make those out there in, in La La Land? No, but. Uh, yeah, me neither. Thankfully, I was always very, very good about all of that. But anyway, the idea is that you should be compiling a list of the people you're coming in contact with. The reason South Korea's death rate is only six times the death rate of a normal flu, right? But it's still a fraction of what Italy's death rate is, for example, it's the lowest death rate. And part of that is because of aggressive testing, which we don't have here in this stupid country because of everything that's been going on. And they have a force that's dedicated to tracking down people that you've been in contact with, testing them and then isolating them further. So the best thing that could happen is imagine if you got coronavirus, you would Mm -hmm. then say, okay, who have I been in contact with Neil? And then like the store and all of that stuff. And then we would, we would put it into place and say, okay, we're potential carriers now. And then we would want to isolate down further. So my thought process is, is you're taking isolation seriously. You're, you should stay at home and do nothing, right? If you need to come in contact with two or three people, that might be acceptable, but then keep a list of who and when you saw, right? Saw them. And then if something happens, then you can just loop back through your list and say, okay, well, you know, it takes about five days. This person was symptomatic six days ago. Oh crap. I'm in that window. You know, now I need to self-isolate. And then I should contact anybody that, I was in contact with. So do that. I think that's a really, really smart move because we can't wait for the government to put that in place or put a task force like that. It's kind of like managing your medicines or managing your supplements. Mm -hmm. It really, really helps if you manage your list yourself. If you say, these are the drugs I take, these are the doses, these are the doctors, these are the number of refills. That makes life radically easier. I had to work as a pharmacist at the hospital tracking down people's medication because they were getting at Rite Aid and Walmart and Publix and all these different places instead of just getting at one spot. So I don't know what I take. I take the blue pill. I don't know. And so those people, I would have to then do what they're doing, like hit squad out into the community and call every possible pharmacy this person's ever possibly been in touch with to make their medication list. So make your med list for the people that you're coming in contact with. How's that sound? Oh man, that's, that is overwhelming. It really, you know, it's just one more thing to drive this home. And to anyone who might think that that's kind of a lot of work, what's the alternative? You'd be responsible for somebody else's death potentially. Like you don't want that on your conscience. Of course. Just keep a list. It's not, it's not difficult. Like you shouldn't be going anywhere. So I've got, right. <laughs> I've got my kids and my wife, I've got my mother-in-law and my niece. Like that's pretty much where we're at right now. And then all you monkeys here at the store, of course. So like, and that's the problem is that if somebody is diagnosed here, then my potential, my family potentially could get hit with this and vice versa. If my family got it and I bring it and I infect the community, 
that's what stinks. So, yeah. um, so again, stay home. Like that's really the key here is just stay home. So the, the new protocol, new advice is stay home. Really listen to this uh, whole piece. Make a list is what I'm suggesting. And then of course my mental health piece is like, you know, you got to accept it. Yeah. Grind yeah. away all day and, and, and say it should be this way. And, you know, I have a cousin who's probably not going to get married. He was supposed to get married in a couple oh, of weeks. No, so we're not going to do that. Yeah. And then, um, Easter is always a big deal for us, but yeah. it's like, you know, Aaron's grandparents are 90 years old. You know, they're approaching yeah. 90. So we, they're the last people that we want to get sick with this. So. It, oh, you know what? Sorry to interrupt mm-hmm. you, but I just thought of something, uh, that came up with a friend of mine this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, her husband doesn't think that this is real. Like he's really mad that she canceled their trip to Cancun that was supposed to be coming up in two weeks. And I know that that is an issue that people literally think that this is fake. And, what I told her, and I think has to be a mic drop moment for all of us, is if you are dealing with somebody like that, just ask them who wins if this is fake. Right. Like, why would <laughs> why would the world make this up? This isn't like Russian bots mm-hmm. flooding our internet with this much propaganda. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. this this is real, and just try, you know, like, the, the, the logic. Why would anyone do this? Why would anyone try to shut down the entire world? Like, you know, the who cares about the stock market? Like, the, this isn't some plot to take down Trump because that's the only thing he cares about. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, just... A, um, a pharmacist on our independent pharmacy group, we were talking about that drug, mm-hmm. right? And one gentleman said, um, let me say, he said, it's probably the miracle cure, but Democrats don't like to waste a crisis. Oh, God. <laughs> so my response was, you spent all that time in college learning critical thinking, and this is where you're at, right? And I, not to be political, but literally the right-wing media is, uh, the more extreme sides are, are saying that this is a hoax, this is fake, this is nothing real. Yeah. And so there's an entire segment of the population that's hearing that. Then on the other side, it's the overdramaticism. You're going to die, everybody's going to die, stock up on toilet paper. And that's why I'm saying stop listening to that nonsense. Look at the CDC sites, just track, track the number of cases. There's nothing new. If there's something new, you'll definitely hear about it because everybody's going to be sharing it and talking about it. Um, so I would just avoid the media. Yeah, you know what, actually, um, that's one more thing that we should touch on, I think, is what exactly happens to you? Because there's such a gamut of, you know, from the extremes that we're definitely all going to die mm-hmm. to you're, um, you're young and healthy, so you might get a little, like, sluggish, but it's fine. And so for me, uh, you know, like, what I've seen is that just because you're young and healthy doesn't mean you won't get sick. You know, mm-hmm. like, again, the the biggest fear is spreading it to other people, especially those who are at most at risk of actually developing pneumonia and passing away. But don't treat yourself, you know, like I'm 40, you're 39. We're not in the danger zone, but you could still end up with pneumonia. You could die. No, you yeah, could die. Like, there's no, it's like literally playing Russian roulette. Ah, oh, I mean, there's only one bullet out of six. I mean, it's, it's yeah, fine. Like I, I have to do the shopping mm-hmm. for my 72 year old mother mm-hmm. and my 90 year old neighbor, who's mm-hmm. the best friend of, or the father of one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm doing it because I don't want them going out, but I am still in danger also. I mm-hmm. mean, like I, I have allergies, so my lungs are not at capacity. I also just realized because I developed eczema that that's an immuno, um, like a, an autoimmune response. Mm-hmm. So that makes me a little bit more nervous. I mean, don't, don't just think because you're not over 70 that you can't get sick. You right. will get sick if you're not smart about this. Yeah, you can get sick and you can die. Yeah, so there's the this 
the schools of thought right now is like 80% of the people will probably not have any problem. 20% of the people will. Are you going to be in that 20%? Who knows? Of those 20%, are you going to require hospitalization and all that horrible stuff? Who knows? So, right. Most people will be fine. You don't know where you're going to fall in that pike. There's a lot of things that will say you're going to have more and more problems. Just stop thinking about how it's going to impact you. This is the vaccine argument. It doesn't matter if you do okay with the flu or you don't care if you get the flu. You don't want the flu to spread beyond you. So one of the best pieces of advice was by an uh, immunologist. And he said, don't act like you're trying to stop yourself from getting it. Act like you're trying to stop from spreading it. So use the precautions as if you were already sick and had it. What would you do to make sure that nobody else got it? That's how you should be thinking about this. Don't think about how it's going to affect you. If you're going to be okay, think about what if I already have this? Because the data is kind of saying, saying that lots of us have this, you know, there's already people that are infected with it and we're spreading it. That's why the isolation helps. So, you know, Again, think beyond yourself. We're very macho about diseases here and yeah. we're very self-centered. You know, we're our, it's all about how is it going to impact me and in this disease? Will I be okay or will I not? Well, that's one conversation, but more importantly, the reason that society is shutting down isn't because of how it's going to affect individuals. It's how it's going to affect the entire system and the system will break. And then if you have your appendix bursts and everybody's using up every bed in every hospital, what are you going to do? What if you have a stroke? And yeah. you're young and you're, you're, they're not going to be able to care for you, you know? So the, and again, uh, the community, so the healthcare workers, those people on the front lines. And the one thing I would hope is that we would stop these uh, administrators at the hospital level from doing their, oh, we're doing everything we can because the messaging isn't correct because the people on the ground are not as confident as those people are making it seem. They know they're going to get steamrolled by this and they don't feel confident enough in what's going on in a lot of hospitals, especially small local ones. Mm -hmm. And so the, the goal here would be to support those people as much as possible. We don't want them to have to get crushed by this. I just read something about nurses like there's no emergency in a pandemic, meaning don't rush in to save a patient without putting your gear on. Because if one nurse goes out, you can't care for hundreds of people. You know, right. and then you could potentially die and then you're never going to care from anybody again. So, you know, uh, stop focusing on that. Stop. Just think about how am I going to stop the spread of this? And if you stay home and if you make your list and if you just really are have a concerted effort of how how what is my impact in all of this? And you do that for your small world. You circle your wagons. Right. Everybody that you come in contact with, you make sure everybody's doing that. That's what I've been doing. I've just been reaching out to everybody in my circle and saying, this is what you should be doing. Yeah. Yeah. And as long as everybody does that in their own little world, then we're good. You know, um, it'll be mild and it would be really nice to look back and say, wow, we kicked butt. You know, we were like Germany. We were like South Korea. We did yeah. really excellent. And it's going to be kind of weird to see how well everybody else does with this compared to us. I know. And, you know, I think the thing to keep in mind still is that in the end, like we won't be able to tell if we overreacted, but we will definitely be able to tell if we underreacted. Yeah. I can't wait till that starts where people are like, oh, well, we didn't need to do any of that stuff. And, and epidemiologists <laughs> are going to be like, yeah, that's the point. Like that's we it didn't happen because we did all the stuff. So yeah. I'm going to beat that up quite a bit when that starts. But uh, for right now, it's just about getting through to the end of it. What I really want to do, this is my big goal. We're probably not even going to be able to have time for the other pharmacists. I was going to say, should we should we talk to the other pharmacists? <laughs> what, how much time we got? Thirty minutes. Yeah. I can do it in like five minutes. They're boring nerds anyway. <laughs> so um, I think that uh, one of the things that I want to do mm. is I want to once we start getting on the other side of it, I want to say let's have a party. <laughs> yes. <laughs> let's 
in our community, like, especially because the other retailers are going to certainly need, like, let's do a first Friday type thing to celebrate all the people that were doing excellent stuff. Like we got to give Emily a medal, you know, uh, for all her work. But the idea of, of saying, okay, well, we're on the other side of it. We've got the vaccine, we've got the cure, we've got whatever. And all of our efforts paid off. And I think once we're again, a little bit through the woods, we're freaking four days into a quarantine. That's it. Yeah. And like the kids, <laughs> our kids in this area were off of school anyway on Friday it was mm-hmm. a half day and Monday was the day off for whatever reason. And so it's like the kids have literally been off for a day and everybody's losing their mind. What am I going to do? I would, like you said, I would love to just have quarantine time. I just want to be able to sit in my house, play games, talk to my kids, find out how old they are, you know, those kinds of things. <laughs> and <laughs> we don't have that. So, uh, but yeah, I think that a party is in order once, w- once we get through it, as long as we don't get through it and everybody is dead, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we're thinning the herd. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I, I really hope not. So, um, all right. So yeah, let's take some phone calls from some pharmacists and see what life is like with them. So there's one person's a compounder. One person works in a city. And I think I got one more coming on that will uh, give us an insight of like, what's it like in a community that's been hit by it. So word up. So I want to tell you guys about probably the dumbest thing that happened. So I had just told Dana about the dumb thing that happened in my store that pushed me over the edge and made me lock down my store, right? Uh, well, the dumbest thing just happened moments ago where a gentleman came in who was definitely high risk, mid-70s, buying nonsense, of course, vitamin C and colloidal silver because that's what they read on the internet. And uh, I said, I was trying to convince him to stay home. Like, there's no reason for him to be out. We can just deliver to you, you know, is what I was saying. And <laughs> he said, well, I'm not worried about this. This is a hoax. The virus, if you look at the virus under a microscope, you can actually see the imprint of the lab that it came from. (laughs) So this guy was basically saying that the, not only was it man-made, but it had like a price tag on it. (laughs) So what kinds of crazy stuff has been going on at your store? Like, have you had anything like really off the wall with all of this? Or has it just been generally nuts and busy? Alex, why don't you start out? I mean, I had someone that came in tonight that was explaining to me how they were making their own hand sanitizer, <laughs> and they were about like 80% aloe and 20% isopropyl, 90%, and they said it was okay because it was 90%, and I said, oh. yeah, you still need you know, two parts alcohol for one part aloe to be above 60%, so it just shows how just you know people are doing anything, and I know there's a lot of home brews that are floating around out there, but you don't know what quality is. Right. The moonshine making of hand sanitizers nuts. And it's like, stop doing that. Just use soap and water. Hand sanitizer won't work. Certainly your bootleg hand sanitizer isn't going to happen. Anything like really amazing in any of your communities that you thought you're like, oh, wow, this is really great that this person's doing this. Or, or Sandy, do you have somebody that was doing something a little bonkers in your, in the neck of your woods or what? No, just, I mean, we closed our waiting area. Um, mm-hmm. or what's actually, it's not closed. Um, but we're asking people to wait outside because we're in like a, a plaza with doctors. There was like a central hallway mm-hmm. and people getting upset that we're asking him to wait outside. I'm like, really? Yeah. And there's a lot of long and he doesn't want to wait outside. Yeah. There's a lot of that. Like we, we were getting pretty good stuff. I guess there was some kid that came into Woodstock cause it's a tourist town and we're like, you got to stay at the door. And the kid goes, Oh yeah. Coronavirus. And then like makes this fake coughing noise for like a good 30 seconds, like almost like a family guy joke that just goes too long. And Avery's like, I just wanted to slam his head against the counter. You know, like what, what are you doing, man? Like, it's not funny. It's like saying bomb in a 
airport, you know? Like, what are you doing? This is where people die. Yeah, um, how about anything good, you guys? Any Like, we have somebody in our community that's, like, she had a uh, non-for-profit where she feeds people uh, three nights a week if you're hungry. It's only two bucks a meal. Very, very awesome service that she offers. So she's, like, completely scaled up, and she's going to feed the, the entire, like, county basically she's she's gonna i think we raised uh, six or eight thousand for her so she'll be able to provide a lot of meals but she's you know staffing up the place and she's taking over the food pantry's responsibility she's gonna feed the kids until they get stuff in order anything like that happen in your communities people rallying around pharmacy pharmacy led at all or what do you got no you're a hero no it had <laughs> nothing to do with me emily's the one that did it i just said hey we've you're rich out here in woodstock you need to pony up some bucks you know <laughs> and, so we are going to make our own homebrew uh, moonshine sanitizer <laughs> at the store um, okay before we release it to general public i did reach out to the um board of health in my town and they put me in touch with the um senior center yeah so they're considering doing you know um care packages to people that they do services for so the first 200 bottles that, you know, we bottle up, we're just going to donate to them to include in their care package. Even Excellent. if it's just, like you said, uh, a blanket to make someone feel nice and warm inside. Right, exactly. I mean, that's kind of what we needed this time. I feel like, you know, the biggest thing that we can do since we're seeing everybody and seeing sick people is just telling people, like, chill out. You know, it's, it's serious and you have to take it seriously. Stay home. Boost your immune system by not challenging your immune system, you know? Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thanks for your input, guys. I really appreciate it. All right, cool. All right, thanks to my pharmacist nerd friends. And thank you, Dana, for your insight here. Coronavirus all day, every day. Stay home, wash your hands. And what else can we do? Make a list, check it twice. Sounds good. Sounds good. And take it seriously. This is, uh, you know, something that will affect the worst and most vulnerable members of our community. So let's make sure that we do everything that we can to stop hyping ourselves up and take real actions to help people in our community. Good luck. Godspeed. <laughs>